You are listening to Pada Bing, a podcast that breaks down every episode of The Sopranos one at a time. We are in studio talking episode 10 of season three to save us all from Satan's power. Right off the bat, we're doing a double header today. <gasps> so we're doing a little Sopranos marathon. They will not be released, obviously, at the same time, or maybe they will. I don't know. Um, to save us all from Satan's power, written by Robin Green and Mitchell Burgess. I got a chance to sit down for a long conversation with Robin Green a few weeks ago. That episode is up, so be sure to listen to that. That episode was fire. It was a very intense conversation. Um, glad, lucky, and fortunate that I got to have it, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. I did. Um, this is an episode about Christmas. Great episode for nostalgia. Yes. One to make part of your steady holiday media diet for sure. I had never thought of it this way, but there is a fan that listens to the pod that says that he watches this in rotation with uh, This Is a Wonderful Life and all that other stuff. Sopranos has never been on my Christmas rotation, but maybe it should be now. Oh, this, this episode. episode for sure. Really? Yeah. yeah with the tree. Well, the, I was trying to think how many Christmas episodes do we have with the Sopranos? Isn't it just two? It's a good trivia question. Yeah. I've just been so... Uh, I haven't watched anything ahead since we've started yeah, this yeah, because yeah. I've been On trying purpose. to focus. Yeah. On purpose. So I've lost my track. Got to live in the moment. Some people actually are respecting that now because, yeah, everybody and their grandmother's seen the show, mm. but like just enjoying everyone as a one-hour movie mm -hmm. is great. Yeah. Um, the title is taken from A Christmas Carol, more Christmas references, HBO synopsis, a somnolent visit with the ghosts of Christmas past lands Tony back on Melfi's couch. With the annual pork store holiday party approaching, Bacala reluctantly agrees to don the Santa suit that Pussy used to wear. Tony and Furio have a holiday surprise in store for the Russian who roughed up Janice. Besides the obvious ghost of Christmas past, Pussy, there's another ghost here, guys. Tony's got hair. <laughs> I know. How bad are those 90s cuts? Well, how did those guys age so much in five years? Yeah. I mean, now the, the timeline's sort of shoddy, but you're assuming it was around 95? Yeah, 95. We yeah. are in the winter of 95. So, yeah, <laughs> Polly goes gray in two areas. Or maybe he just is dying it still. And he like to keep, he when it hits you, wings. it hits you, man. The, I guess. The guy who played Jackie, a young Jackie Jr., was actually Jackie Jr.'s younger brother. Yeah, really? I saw they that actually too. looked. I actually. Because I was like, wow, they made him look so young. They made him look so. Like, I made the comment too. I was like, man, wow. And then I went and looked, and that's the only acting role uh, Michael Serbone has ever done. It's his little brother. His little brother. So cool. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, I really liked Autopsy's comment. Uh, or sentiment, I should say, that Chase may be using the title of the episode, the character of Aaron Arkaway, in Janice's Christian rock hobby to represent, quote, the impotence of Christianity in the face of evil. That was That's really intense. Intense. It was heavy. And somewhat accurate. That is kind of when a lot of Christians run to the faith is when there's bad things like save us, deliver us from evil. Right? It's part of our father. Mm -hmm. One last thing on autopsy. He also posits the notion of Tony as an antichrist. But let's save that for another season. But he puts that on the table now. That notion will come back to us in a later episode. Mm. But let's live in the moment. Do you think that was Chase's attempt to not, like, anthropomorphize him? Or he didn't want the, the fans to see him as uh, a worshipful character? 
Yeah. People look at Tony Soprano as their god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Among television. But maybe Chase's wink at that is that he's not. He's not a good guy. He's not the savior. He's the Antichrist. Right. That's exactly where I think this comes from is that, look, there's many moments when uh, we like him, but there's many more moments when he does things that if you like him, you're borderline certifiable. I think Robin even said something to me like when I said I really love the show. She's like, why? You know, like (laughs) what's wrong with like what's wrong with you? Like in a serious way, like what is it about him that you like? Um, Well, you can't have one without the other. You can't have one without the other. He's a bit of both for me. I love the way they incorporate flashback by yeah. voiceovering news footage of the OJ trial. We're in the winter of 1995, as John said, the first indication that Pussy was acting weird, right? Tony looks out at an ocean, cue Pussy, we hear the OJ news cycle, cut to Jackie Sr., great smart technique to maintain the blunt realism of the show. Mm. There he is. F. Lee, fat fuck, great line, nice little writing nod to the famous attorney that was part of the O.J. trial. F. Lee Bailey, I believe his name was, is, I think he's still alive. Tony, Jackie, and Pussy talk about Junior, who's agitated because he thought he was in line to be boss. Poor Junior, Mm. right? He gets usurped (laughs) by the Aprils. Polly meets Tony on the boardwalk after the flashback. Some guy's into him a hundred large on college basketball, but he can't work to pay it off because Ralphie's holding things up on the Esplanade. We learn that Polly wants a piece of the Esplanade action. I think you might have said this a while ago. Why isn't Polly in on the Esplanade? Why why are things being kept separate? I think different players in this crew are running different types of business. Ralph. But that's the big that's the big tuna. Mm-hmm. Like, he's eating cans of sardines over here, and Ralphie gets to go deep-sea fishing. Polly's got his, his pieces. He's not earning but as much as Ralph, but uh, I don't think he had anything to do with construction or, or knew anything that yeah. was going to make him valuable to uh, uh, what they're doing. The Enterprise? Mm-hmm. You Paul, think that Polly's we, good at picking up money. You think Ralphie's screwing with Polly? Because he knows that guy owes Polly money, and he's trying to me- he's trying to stick it to probably, Polly, probably right? Knowing Ralphie, but. I think Very good. Uh, he's casualty of war at this because if they're holding a uh, a strike, it it's a big move to get something that they need for the Esplanade. It it's funny because we see this in other characters uh, like Scatino, mm. where you're in this world and you're unlucky enough to get screwed over by two people in the mafia that happen to just have conflicting money that's out. Is this the beginning of where Polly starts to not look like a good manager captain to Tony? Like, is this where it starts to deteriorate? Kind of, yeah. We're going to talk about that a lot in Pine Barrens. Mm-hmm. Because, Pine Barrens is where it really comes out. Yeah, because in the last one, Polly was really sucking up to Tony, like, let's whack Ralphie right now. Like, you know, there's been this weird tension between them yeah. in general, and he was kind of sucking up to Tony of like, you know, I can't believe well, he we did said that. Well, we said that he wants to whack Ralphie because he knows that Ralphie's mm-hmm. making him look bad. Totally. It's like having a new star on your team, like LeBron James, and then all of a sudden, like, KD comes to town. Totally. It's like, whoa, uh, I thought this was my team. Same thing. So mm-hmm. it is kind of the... There always is going to be that competition. That's that's just business, and they are running a business, whether it's illegal or or not. Um, Tony Melfi, 
sequence. Because he fell in bed after reviewing his Christmas list, he tells her he's back to square one, which is a great was a great intro. I love that because it kind of goes back to this is a nostalgic episode, mm-hmm. and we go right back to the pilot. So good, right? Does Christmas remind him of his mother? Is that why he collapsed in bed? He sees the list. He hears the Christmas. He hears Carmela nagging, and he thinks Livia. Is that reasonable? Maybe. Mm. Janice is cooking Christmas dinner. Yikes. Kind of makes me nervous. Don't know what her cooking skills are, but we know that Carmela brings it. So why would you want anything other than Carmela's Christmas dinner? Well, when they said, when he goes Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, because in, in the Italian culture, that's very different. Christmas what is the Eve is shellfish. Okay. And that's why she goes, we, well, you think I let her loose on shellfish? Wouldn't Christmas that be safer, Eve? though? You're no. just buying the shellfish. No way. No? You can you mess like shellfish up. People can get sick. Fish. People can die. I guess if you don't kick it So up. it's like the, the seven fishes. You do the feast of the fishes on Christmas Eve. And then okay. Christmas Day is usually like a roast or a pasta. So she's going to attempt duck, which is random in my opinion. It's very <laughs> West Coast Janice. Yeah, it's just she's convinced she's like made up her mind to cook duck. I is thought it that duck was duck or funny. goose? Goose. Goose. Carm with the laundry list of things that need to get done. Janice cooking Christmas dinner. These are all very classic and relatable Christmas time tropes. Going to relatives you don't necessarily want to go to, lists of things to do, everything's hurried and last minute, simultaneous Christmas and New Year wonderment and misery in lockstep. The regularness. The regular I can't say. The regularness of life. Thank you, Vic. Isn't it weird though? That this is the only episode we see Tony actually physically have a list. That's why I think David Chase thinks of him as Santa a bit, like, fucking with us. Because, like, he's got a bunch bunch of shit to do every day, but we literally see him crossing stuff off his list. Like, I thought there was a bit of intention with that. Like, there's only five things on his list. Like, he's bringing his little notepad around. Mm -hmm. I really dig that. Yeah. Which he was supposed to use as notes for Melfi. Right? That's... His log. And even later, which I'm jumping ahead, he says to Jackie Jr., I don't know what to do with you. Are you naughty or nice? Like, he's still figuring out which part of the list he's on. Oh. (laughs) Very nice. Because what that means, if in the same episode we're getting, if you go by autopsies theory, an Antichrist figure Mm -hmm. and a Santa figure, the two sides, Mm -hmm. the many sides of Tony Soprano. Mm -hmm. I really like that. Nice one. Fun line. Janice. When she's practicing her Christian rock, what are we selling? Ajax? (laughs) His blood clean stains? They hold the Santa outfit. Sorry, they take out the Santa outfit. Silvio says he doesn't even want to touch this thing. Enter Ray Curdo. Another rat. This fucking guy. Yeah, he sucks. Well, I've been waiting to say he's a fucking rat, but we learn in Prochet Lavushka that he is a rat. He comes in acting all. You know, team player guy. I would have loved to be there. Me too. Perfect symmetry that they're talking about a rat to another rat. The crew doesn't know it. I scream into the TV every time. Ray calls it despicable. This motherfucker. The overcompensating in that scene from him. Yeah. Come on, man. This is an episode where all the guys are thinking back about all of the tells about suspicious acts. This guy's right here. You know, oh, I would have loved to be there. We haven't seen him do anything in this show. He can show. barely get out of a car. He can, Come on. Get, he can barely get out of bed. He's lucky he's even got putting money on the street. <laughs> yeah. And he's out here saying, oh, I wish I was there. Where have you been, Ray Curdo? Yeah. What have you been doing? That's so I haven't long. seen you. You don't, you don't call. <laughs> you don't write. 
You know? What the fuck? Yeah. Okay. Uh, agreed. Um, okay. We learn the fate of old man Satrial. He takes his own life. Yeah, that's sad. Which is maybe a trivia question. Mm. Okay? So don't be shocked if you hear it. Maybe um, a scene in The Many Saints of Newark. Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah. It should be a scene in The Many Saints of Newark. I'll take the over on that bet. That's because that is a big plot point of Sopranos. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Suicide Who plays sad. old that's... man Satrial? Ooh. Um, he takes his own life because of the bottomless debt to Johnny Boy. I think, I think Johnny Boy busts him out <clears> like yeah. Scatino. What does Slava do? So what we, we see Slava. We meet him. He essentially launders money for Tony, right? That's, I, that's what I was going to ask you for sure. That's the scheme. Okay. Okay. The international flow of funds. He mentions Moscow. He mentions Isle of Man. It's obviously money laundering. Before I jump into money laundering a little bit, the man in the room with Slava banging out receipts was Sopranos DP, oh. Alec Sakharov. No way. Yes. Yep. If you notice the light on him, he lit himself better than he lit <laughs> anybody else That's in so the funny. entire series of Sopranos. Alex Sakharov lit himself the best. The best lit actor in the room by a mile. I love that guy. He's my modern day Caravaggio over That's here. That's great. Uh, okay. There are a few different ways to launder money. Okay. And we're breaking bad. Please is, let me know. Breaking bad is probably the, Ozark. Is Ozark the, is a great oh, show that is too. The best example of explaining how this all works. A good modern show, by the way. Correct. A couple of ways you could do it back in the era of The Sopranos: finding poorly run countries with ill-equipped financial regulation, trade-based laundering, and commingling clean money with dirty money and shell companies, which it sounds like that's what Slava's doing for Tony. He's setting up shell companies. And here's some background on it really quick. Back in the 60s, the island known as the Isle of Man had a failing economy. The government decided to reinvent itself as a haven for international finance. A lot of the financial and corporate services that take place there are perfectly legitimate, but lax regulations bring bad actors. The rules involving shell companies allow money to move freely and anonymously between each other to obfuscate the flow of funds. These shell companies principally exist in places like Isle of Man in the UK. So Slava is Tony's point man on this. He's connected to a compromised regime, Russia, and has access to bad actors that can clean Tony's money and return it to him for a cut. Very straightforward when you think about it, but the part about the show that I like is the economy of the writing. They assume that everybody that's listening understands how this fucking works. Now, Breaking Bad, they have episodes that explain the entire process, and Ozark probably devotes the better part of a season to explaining the entire process. In the Netflix era that we live in now, when this was written in the Sopranos era, it was basically... Get your school on, motherfucker. Mm. We're going to talk as if we assume everybody has the same level of I intelligence. Like and I love that. Me too. I love that about the writing. It's the economy of words, and you have to dig deep if you want to understand, what the fuck is Moscow? What the yeah. fuck is Isle of Man? What is he handing him a bag of money for? <laughs> what Tony's doing is actually super sophisticated. Financial Wall Street guys that make a living legally, and even power players and power brokers, they use these shell companies and offshore companies to protect their assets mm -hmm. from taxation. Apple uses, the, it's the same thing. So, so Tony's cool. doing something that is like 
next level. Pretty He's advanced. not doing Ozark. He's not doing Breaking Bad, you know, using cartels. He's taking the elevator from the mezzanine to the 50th floor, yeah. you know, and that's pretty cool. Okay. I thought that this uh, venue that they own yeah. was very specific uh, as an appropriate place where you could launder money as well. What a great place to overcharge and be able to mm. compensate and add a cash in. When you uh, set up your mortuary business, you can set up a wedding venue business in tandem. <laughs> yeah. You can overcharge. Okay. I wait for no one. No one comes is the song we hear, a lyric to a song that we hear at the Bing. Okay? Is it a dream? Isn't it a dream? We don't know it's a dream till the very end, but this is a dream sequence. It's Silvio's first dream sequence. Silvio is mad about a missing wedge of Jarlsberg cheese. Anybody have any experience with that kind of cheese? No. Debbie had a rondelet of French brie missing, which is a cheese spread. We're talking about cheese. We're at the Bing. I wait for no one. No one comes. Silvio goes into the dressing room, pulls the hangers aside, and sees pussy in a mousetrap. Ah, it all makes sense now, right? Mm -hmm. Nice little setup. So good. You naturally assume, because of the realism of the show, that Silvio's mad about some cheese until you realize what's going on. I love him showing up at Tony's door and just nodding his head with uh, Glenn Fittich. Oh, yeah. We need to talk. Yeah. Um, It's so good. I was wondering why we see his dream sequence. Like, why is this important? Why do you think? I mean, to me, this whole, like, Ghosts of Christmas past thing, I mean, ghosts are, what they say is they have unfinished business, which is why they hang around and they haunt you. And I think, you know, pussy is haunting them in some regards like even at the end with the billy bass like it's a fish out of water like he's not laid to rest he's not at peace so he's just going to keep haunting them forever in some regard and i think christmas it's like a big nostalgic thing and Mm -hmm. you think about family and friends and with the santa suit it's just bringing up a lot it's definitely a theme in the show where all the characters that have killed people are haunted in Mm -hmm. some form Brendan Falone, yeah. mikey palmisi i mean they killed one of their family members basically christopher maltesanti and the Polish guy? Yeah. Yeah. Email. Polly, Silvio, Tony, what are you getting your gumar for Christmas dinner? That could be a Netflix game show. <laughs> okay? Silvio, cash, Polly, ice, Tony, his girl paid for her own trip to Morocco. Polly's line is everything. Oh my God, it's okay? so good. Hey, what are you getting your new gumar? She did me a favor. She went to Morocco over the holidays. On her own? She paid for it? Yeah. She went to Morocco? Well, who is she? Bada Bing Crosby. If this was 2019 Sopranos, somebody would be developing an app, which is basically <laughs> Tinder for Gumars. As Tony describes Gloria, Polly eyes Charmaine. The camera trains on her. Maney. Tony-oni. Mm. Where's the flashback scene for that? I know. Right? Charm makes the FBI joke. You guys okay with that or was that too far? She's just being fresh. She knows she looks good so she can push it. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't, she's rude. She doesn't like Tony in her restaurant, but she's going to like kiss face to him because she knows he's not going to say anything because she's getting his attention. What about the laugh at the end? That was endangering, no? She's, yeah, she's so condescending. Does she have this, the Artie Bucco force shield around her too? She does. I think she has more of a shield than he does. I would rather not make her mad than Artie. Artie calls her a hypocrite. Something's got to keep the customers coming back. And it's not your mushara ravioli. Is that mashed potato? No, it just means like shitty mushy. 
Was that a good guess, though? Yeah. It would be like the consistency would be mashed potatoes, like a shitty ravioli that's, like, too mushy. Is there such a thing as a potato-filled ravioli? Probably. I mean, a gnocchi is a potato. Gnocchi. Gnocchi, yeah. Yeah. How do you say it? Gnocchi. Gnocchi. Slava purportedly calls Tony to give him the livery cab Russian's info. Tony asked for that in the previous sequence where Alex Sakharov was the most best lit person in the room. (laughs) Cut to Tony and Silvio with Santa hats entering the livery cab of said Russian. I low-key love that they don't show any more than that. Mm. Such a deft touch to let your imagination fill in the blanks. And since it's a B story, why devote precious screen time to it? Great play to pretend to be drunk. Yeah. The Grinch. Christopher makes a Jim Carrey Grinch reference. Jim Carrey, incidentally, has the initials JC, too, which I thought, just wanted to point that out. You guys fans of Jim Carrey? Yeah. I love Jim Carrey. More than ever now. Have you seen him in recent stuff or what he's doing with his time? Did you see that documentary? Yeah. So powerful, right? He's amazing. That documentary where he looks into the camera and he, like, he says something. I remember I was editing the, the show, the audio drama that I did, The Divide. I was in my studio in the backyard and I was listening to it, but I could tell that it, the camera was just trained on him and his face. And he was like looking right into the camera. And I'm going to have to watch this tonight now. But he said something and I felt like he was fucking talking to me. And I like, I take my headphones off, my 7506s. That's what you guys are wearing. I call them 7506s. They're good ones. I take them off and... I look at I look at my TV, which is over here, and he's like, like this weird moment where Jim Carrey's like talking to me, and he's like, like like Mickey and Rocky, get up, you son of a bitch, yeah, because Mickey loves you. And then I took off my headphones and I went to the kitchen and I had a glass of water, and then this whole thing was born. That's wow. so crazy. Yeah, um, this whole thing meaning this company. Okay, so uh, Jim Carrey, how do we get on that? Uh, Sopranos, Christopher, the guys see Bobby and they decide on Bobby for Santa. What's the big deal? What is so hard about dressing up for Santa? It's a lot of pressure. You got to shyness is a curse. He's an introvert. Janice sees what happened to Igor, the Russian on TV. Um, so we get to see what became of him, right? Mm -hmm. He's underneath Santa's sleigh, which could proverbially be Tony Soprano, Mm as you guys mentioned the Santa thing, right, Mm -hmm. Naya? Mm -hmm. Um, His red Suburban. The red Suburban. Like a sleigh. The detail here that I really loved was Aaron passed out, Aaron Arkaway holding the knife. Yeah, I saw that. So great. so weird, yeah. It's so, like... Can you do that? Like, can you keep a grip? Yeah, I mean, if it's like the knife is in, I just love that. It's like, again, it's like a painting. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron's, uh, or the character Aaron, it's so funny that the writers can use two things about him because you really can only have Two descriptions. He's religious and he has narcolepsy. And they just, the beats that they throw in every scene with him is hilarious. So true. Carmelo's enjoying the tree. Classic TV trope. Something felt ironically Sopranos about this. It's classic TV Christmas time, enjoying the tree. But something felt off. That new angel, she says, looks really great. What happened to the old one? Oh, that's just like a mom thing. I saw some like comments where it's like, does every mom just admire the tree? Because my mom admires the tree by herself. And they update the angel. Like, that's the big to-do. Let's get a new angel every year. Really? Or some people same, keep the same angel the same forever. Angel. We've had, I have my, my wife's parents' angel. Yeah. Well, that's okay? usually it. But, you know, she's a homemaker, so she wants to get a cool new angel. It's like a big Give her thing. something to do. So 
She asks where Hunter is, and Meadows says Hunter's in the city with Hadley. Yeah, who's Hadley? That's what I wanted to know. You got, I know you got a show. I know you got a series. Another no, friend, I just, maybe. I, it bothered me that yeah. it was that ambiguous, but it was like, I, I want think more it's, explanation. I think it's that David Chase statement of like, the sh- and you've also echoed this too, the show exists outside of the four mm-hmm. corners of an episode. Yeah. There's other parts of their life that we just don't get to be a part of. Going back to that Angel real quick, another Netflix spinoff series the old angel. Ooh, it's like a Toy Story a thing. Horror. It's a, it's a oh. Christmas horror. Ooh, <laughs> the old angel. Okay. Is she left? Is she kept in the attic? I don't know. She's, She's like in the that. basement. So Tony sees Jackie Oof. getting a lap dance at the Bing. He's not at the Bing. He's not at the Bing. He's not at the Bing. So oh yeah, they say, yeah. Charmaine kicks him out. Kick they, well, does she kick him out, or he just decides to leave? They're at uh, Party's place. Vesuvio. Yeah. Vesuvio. Look and they go, let's check husband. out this new joint on 46 to check out the competition. Okay. So it's not the Bing. Because she, he, Tony compliments her at the coat check and yeah. she's rude. He's like, what's the problem? I'm trying to give you a, right. a compliment. She's like, I don't want you in here with your boys. Look what you did to my yeah. husband. I'm trying to help your husband. Yeah. And Jackie knows better to be at the Bing because I we see him right. talking to Christopher and run out the emergency door when he sees Tony. Yeah. It looks like the Bing though. It, it probably was the bang. Probably was the bang. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hate that drummer boy version. Poor Jackie. What What the fuck is he doing? It's a bachelor party. Come on, man. You're this, alone. On Christmas This guy Eve. is out here. <laughs> <laughs> Who goes to a bachelor party on Christmas Eve? Yeah. Gotta come up with a better lie. That's Yeah, exactly, right? Exactly. This guy is out here like Patrick Beverly, <laughs> thinking he can guard <laughs> Kevin Durant or something. Uh, okay? Like, what the fuck is he doing? I know who that is. Cool. Bottom out scene. I love that scene. I love that line. Mm. I've said that all the time. I've already yeah. said it to my five-year-old. I haven't done what he did, but I've already said, Sammy's like, can I get one more chance, Daddy? Can I get one more chance? I'm like, you bottomed out. <laughs> you cannot ask Alexa to play David's house anymore. Okay? <laughs> done. I love it. Um, you bottomed out. Tony, thoughts on the scene? It was a lot. I thought, well, well, why did you think Jackie didn't put his hands up? Yes. Yeah, so that's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah. Like. Did Tony want to kill him right then? Because if he did hit Tony, then Tony would have at least had that cause to just take him out right then. Yeah, he's totally conflicted. I don't, I mean, this is somewhat blood among his, his family. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he needed a reason. And Jackie just seceded. Jackie did the right well, thing. Well, that's what I was going to yeah. say. The smartest thing he's done. Smartest Cho- thing he's ever choose done. Yeah. not to put his hands on the boss. Well, the, well, right? Yeah, we'll get to it. The smartest thing he did was come and apologize on Christmas. But why did then Tony bait him and say, put your hands up? <sighs> yes, was never, he just in the moment I think impulsive? He wanted, I think he wanted to make it feel like it was for Jackie, his dad, mm. and he wanted to make it like a fair fight. Got it. He didn't want to be, Tony's uh, old school, he doesn't want to be the guy that sucker punches another yeah, guy. especially a little boy. He wants to give him. Well, and I think th- that's the result of why he needs him in the balls, because if he's going to back down, mm-hmm. then he's going to treat him sort of in this okay low. sort of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The low point. I like I it. That. that makes um, sense. Because he slaps him, too. He yeah. doesn't even hit him the yeah. first time. Uh, Tony, the next morning... He tells Carmela at the kitchen table. This is Christmas morning, by the way, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, if we're in timeline. No, no, I break up with the so-called Russian whore. I'm towing a line. And this is the thanks I get. We need to dissect <laughs> this line. Okay? Like, uh, is he asking for a fight? Why the dig? Was it a dig? Like, wh- why is he bringing her up? Why, like, who, does, who says that? This is my black mark on Tony Soprano. He's gaslighting. 
makes her seem crazy for asking for him to be faithful. Like, I I, I dropped it with, I, you know, I'm not dating that girl anymore like you want. It's like, you shouldn't be dating her in the first place. Yeah. So it makes Carmela look like the crazy person and, like, asking for too much. It's oh, just manipulative. It's such a bad look for him. Yeah, it's very manipulative. Well, and for her to hold this uh, information that we got since season one on Charmaine and Tony yeah. having a thing. Good point. She's, but she's so off. For her to really not trust Tony and then start thinking that Charmaine is now screwing Tony. She cares more about Charmaine than yeah. probably the, the Charmaine thing comes back cook. full swing, right? <laughs> she can cook. The first season when Charm tells Carm that I've been practicing that, by the way, because if you try to say Charm tells Carm, you will tongue twist. When Charm tells Carm that she made her choice and she's happy with it, that's that. This is a tell that it never left Carmela's mind. It's always been bugging her, and it took season three, episode ten, for it to come out again. Do you really think Carmela thinks Charmaine looks good for Tony, or do you think she was just exaggerating just to be an asshole? To you have Tony? to tell us that. I can't tell because at one point I think Car- Carmela like would not be that insecure, but also someone like Charmaine, who's beautiful, can cook, Italian, who has had a past with Smart, Tony, sexy Italian, because she says even to Father Tintola, he she thought the whores were like beneath her. Her. She didn't. She she didn't really think of them as equals with her. But Charmaine, I think she would consider an equal. So it's possible she's threatened by Charmaine. That's but why? You know? Why do? Just feels a little like, much and emotional. Why does she look extra sexy? Is it to make Artie jealous, or is it to? I think it's to not necessarily attract oh, Tony. Just like same thing, when but... you go through a breakup, you either like like let's get it together, and like she's my inspo right now too. Yeah, you want to look really good. That's the best revenge to look good. Melfi Tony again. Granted, I get all my information from the movies and Bill Curtis. He hosted Crime Docs for A&E back in the day. Did any of you guys ever see those? No. Okay. I think we're all too young. He storms out. Tony storms out. Was it because he wasn't done talking about Meadow or was it the trigger about Pussy? I think it was the trigger. It was hard for me to, to know. I I thought maybe too... He was just, it was all the things leading up to that. And then she was going to try to give him advice about direct mob related things. And he's like, I don't even have the time for this. This is too much. This is too much. It seemed kind of insensitive for her to like make a sarcastic joke. Well, she has a smug look on her face Yeah, it just felt like she, it was like the wrong time to do that. She fucked up. And then any excuse for him to like take it personally. Is she prodding? Or exacting some payback here for the lies about Gloria? Is that what she's... Why Why'd she have that look on her face? Well, doesn't she later ask why Gloria and all that? Yeah. Well, we don't know. I don't know. It feels weird. She seems self-satisfied that she pissed off her patient and her patient stormed she's out. She's got a little crack hour in her. Yeah, I guess she's. Right. I think she's got a better relationship with Tony now, and she's asking him hard questions or calling him out a lot. Bobby as Santa. Tony realizes Puss was wearing a wire as Santa. That's how. That's why this is all relevant, right? Mm-hmm. Pussy didn't want to be touched. It was you, Fredo. That was cool. I picked that up when you Big said that. Big giveaway. That cut And we've cool. seen the Fredo part earlier in the beginning when he's talking about when Sylvia's doing the Fredo thing. The camera cuts to Pussy. So it's all there. It's always been there. We've known it. But the Soprano, the crew hasn't known it. And it's kind of like they're catching up to us. 
very Game of Thronesy. You know mm-hmm. how we've known about Jon Snow all along, John, and now he finally does too. He's the king. And who does he tell? He tells Danny. And Who's what happens Danny? next? Um, Paulie's jaded, but somewhat true line. The world don't run on love. It was a rat bastard. One thing you got to admit, he made a great Santa Claus. He did. In the end, fuck Santa Claus. I love the enunciation of the word fuck in that particular statement. Uh, Opening presents, another TV trope. Check the box, right? We're just checking the box of TV tropes here. Love the framing of Tony's head in between Meadow and Jackie. Cue the Nirvana song, Something's in the Way. Okay, that's exactly what plays in my head at least. Note the snowboard gift in the background. That trip with Hunter feels like it's back on the table, which is good for Meadow, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Was that for her? I think so. Yeah, AJ's not AJ's that not, sporty. AJ's playing football. He's not going to go snowboarding and risk that scholarship. Varsity material. Jackie confesses to Tony, which I think not punching Tony and confessing were the two smartest things he's ever done in the show. Why does he tell him this, though? So what does he tell him? He tells him he flunked out of Rutgers. He wants to go to fashion school to design men's suits. Maybe he's asking for help. So is Tony some sort of weird father figure? Yeah. At some point? Had he come to Tony sooner, would Tony have helped him finance his collection in time for New York's (laughs) Fashion Week? Potentially, yes. Like, that's my whole thing with Jackie. Why didn't he just go straight up? Because he knew that his dad didn't want him in the business, and he knew that his dad had special instructions, just like Brand, just like Ned Stark had special instructions from Lyanna Stark to look after Jon Snow after his own, right? Tony Soprano had the same orders to watch after this kid. Why didn't he pay for him to go to FIT? Because Jackie has one foot where he wants to be a mobster, and one foot he thinks he wants yeah, to be Hugo his, Boss. It's Jackie's bad, yeah. but Tony should have, could have helped, but it's not his fault. Jackie should have gone to him sooner is what I'm saying. I feel like he would have gotten an immediate surge in business with all the clientele that he knows, too. Dude, all those guys would have signed up. Yeah. All the suits. The suit business But he alone. wants to be a mobster still. He's like, he, he can't, he's not fully committed to the... I think he wants short-term gain. Yeah. I think he's, he's short-term greedy. He's not thinking long-term. He's not thinking play it out, let it run. Meadow's gift, the fucking fish, in true Sopranos fashion, what should have been an innocuous Christmas ending sequence with everybody opening presents and all is well in the world, at least for a day, Tony gets presented with something that sends him into another panic attack to music where the lyric is, Jesus told me everything was going to be all right. Mm. So fun. It's, it looks so like, turn off the TV, the show's over, but it's very loaded. I mean, it, with meaning. It confirms mm-hmm. my thing. Like, He's a fish out of water. He's not at rest. But there, there's literally pussy there. He's right there. It's like yeah. it becomes literal. Also, then the next episode, there, which we're gonna do in a few minutes, two people lost like fish out of water. Like, who said it? The mobster said, "All mobsters are nothing in different environments, or something like that." There's a famous quote, like they're nothing in their in a new environment. Netflix is anybody. Let's see. What do I have for here? Uh, I thought about a like a crime drama about missing cheese. The different episodes, like the missing mozzarella, the gone goat cheese. Gone goat cheese. (laughs) Uh, I like that. Santa School ho-hum, a reality show about Santa School and training people how to be. I love that. Ho-fucking-ho. Ho-fucking-ho. That would be the name of the show, Ho-fucking-ho. That's great. (laughs) And 
my favorite for this one, A Lot of Sadness on the Block. It's a show <laughs> like The Prophet, but it's starring Johnny Boy Soprano, and he comes in and busts out businesses that are in no need of help. I love that. That would be a genius show. Yeah. It's, a, it's like a, 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 real, a real life bust out show. Yeah. Every episode is a new proprietor of a business getting scatinoed. He's like, here we are. We're going to make them gamble a bunch of money and lose. And at the end of the show, <laughs> we're going to own this business. That should fucking be a show. Wow. It should. That should, That's totally, why I, I'm, yeah. that should totally be a show. Yeah. That's one of your better ones. Well, thank you. <laughs> I do have an issue. Ralphie was nowhere in this episode. That's I, your issue, though. I can't like it. That's because we, no we already know he's on the naughty list. That's, oh. not, that's not my issue. <laughs> he's on the naughty list. We know that. He doesn't need to. Uh, thank you, John. Thank you. Thank you, Naya. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Thank you.